0: Let's go. Genesis 128. This is our mandate. I hope you can understand this. The way God designed things in the beginning. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply. Someone shout multiply. Well, let's go back. God blessed them. Say, I'm blessed. And he said, "Be say fruitful. I multiply. I replenish. I subdue. And I take dominion. There's, like Pastor Amy said, there's a, there's a lie, and I want to be very careful how I teach this. There's a lie that people have accepted, which, which I get upset about. I shared something last week about the kids that looked kind of frumpy and unkept. And to me, if that was my son or daughter, that's a reflection of the father. That's a reflection of the mother. It, think about just this thought in the natural. If kids aren't well provided for, if kids don't look right, if kids can't have the right textbooks and they can't get the right education, and, they, and, and there's kids like that, that their parents really don't care. Do whatever you want, who cares? But that's not who our God is. God is a reflection we should be this reflection of our father. And so I want you to hear this through those years. God wants you to look like his kids. God, God's a, God. his name is provision, El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Jehovah Jireh, your provider. His whole name is increased. Everything about him is increased. And so everything in our lives, when God touches it, it gets magnified, gets bigger, gets multiplied and increased. It's part of our inheritance that we need to know and believe. So when I looked at this, I, 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 I was talking to uh, Keenan actually on the phone about some stuff. And he brought this up because I told him when I was teaching, he asked and then he told me a couple different things that he wrote in his book. And So I, we were just talking about it. He said, it's interesting that we were in a room with a bunch of, bunch of Christians and a bunch of Jewish people. And he said, we were doing kind of the same thing. We're having this conference, teaching. And he said, one of the head rabbis there, somebody had asked him a question. He said, who's increasing? Who's taking dominion? And then he said, when it comes to to me, this is just an outward sign of an inward happening. See, increase is not a number. It's not a 401k. It's not a business proposition. Increase is the nature of God can you see it that way increase is god's nature this is not something you can just grasp in a dollar bill or increase your joy increase your revelation increase your abundant mindset increase in healing increase in in your peace that passes all understanding increase in the knowledge of jesus this is this is what it's all about this increase mindset is what we're talking about today increase Mindset. Well, well the, the, they, they raised their hands, and this was—they they took a poll, and, and they said who. And, and they just accumulated wealth, and they said who—who—who—who who, who are the wealthier people? The Jews or the Christians? And in this particular conference, they got all the Jews on the one side, and they said they far outshine the Christians by multi millions of dollars. Said so 50% of the people in the room just have multi millions, and the Christians. They, they weren't so good at this. And they asked the head rabbi, why is that? Why is that? Listen to what he said. It's interesting. He said, because we as Jews kind of live our lives from the front of the book. You as Christians live your lives from the back of the book. We as Jews believe we're called to multiply, be fruitful, take dominion, take our authority, establish our children, build for the next generation, increase, do more, do better, create, have inventions, take businesses, take dominion, take grounds, believe and take in taking real estate like Abraham did. He said, but the mentality of the Christians is the rapture is coming, save a little, do a little. But we want to just get out of here. Get off the planet because Jesus is coming for us. Think about those two mentalities. Well, the Bible tells us we're to have this old covenant. There's praise in the old covenant. There's giving in the old covenant. There's multiplication in the old covenant. But then the Bible says, really, we have a better covenant based on better promises. So we miss some stuff. So when I speak of this blessing and favor that's on your life, I didn't just wake up and wear a bright shirt because I wanted to wake up and there was no sunshine yet. I'm believing winter's over. So I said, I'm wearing bright clothes today, number one, because I don't want to look like a Fruit Loop or a Lifesaver. But I do want to teach about Joseph for a little bit. He had this coat of favor on him that was a multicolored robe. So I only bought this shirt for one reason. Just so you know, never to wear it out in public. Only when I preach about Joseph. I think I wore it three times in my life. So as I talk about this, let's just look at what the Scripture says about the blessing of Abraham on your life. Because this is going to help you to get a mindset of a multiplier. The mindset of a multiplier. When you see what belongs to you. Ready? Ready? Proverbs 13, a good man leaves an inheritance of moral stability and goodness to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner eventually finds its way into the hands of the righteous whom it was laid up for. Come on, will say, I got an inheritance. Genesis 12, 2, the original commission of Abraham, ready? I will make you a great nation. I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. I like that. I command you. I call things that be not as though they are. Genesis 12 is appearing on the screen. See that works, the power of your words. Now in Haran, the Lord Abraham go from your advantage, get away from your relatives. How many know that's a sermon in itself? Some of y'all need to get away from your relatives cuz they'll hold you back. And your father's house to all that I will show you. Look what it says. I like, this is bigger. I can see it so much better. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. Make sure you write that down. Abundant increase of favors. I will make your name famous and distinguished. And you will be a blessing. I love this. Dispensing good to others. How many believe we can be that? Come on, let's move. Let's move. Next scripture. I will bless those who bless you who confer prosperity and happiness upon you. I curse him that curses or uses uh, language toward you. And in you, all the families and the kindred of the earth will be blessed. And by you, they will bless themselves. It's important. 18 verse 18, Genesis. Seeing Abraham become a mighty nation. Say the blessing of Abraham is on me. And I have an inheritance. The nations of the earth shall be blessed by him. For you know him. He will command his children and household after him to keep the way of the Lord and do justice and judgment. That I may bring upon Abraham all that have spoken to him. Interesting. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor. So you're increasing today in favor because you're getting some knowledge. My people are perishing for a lack of my people perish for a lack of knowing what God's word really says. So when I look at this, I go to Genesis 13. Abraham went out to Egypt with his wife and all that he had lot into the country of Negeb. And and this is Genesis 13. I look back. Oh, it's there. Come on. Genesis 13 He says, and now Abraham, verse 2, was extremely rich in livestock, silver, and gold. And where he had built an altar, verse 4, and there Abraham called the name of the Lord. He called upon the name of the Lord. And he built the altar first, and Abraham called upon the name of the Lord. But Lot, who went with Abraham, also had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to nourish and support them. That they could dwell together for their possessions were too great for them to be together. And then they go on to say, don't let our skirtsmen get in strife. What would you do today if I said, I pulled up your genealogy. I looked at the Farragonio family. I looked at the, at the Zach's family. I looked at, at Matt's family. I looked at Stu. And I found something in your Ancestry.com that you had a, a, a relative of a relative of a relative 20 generations back it was a multi-billionaire and they left you an inheritance that you had no idea about. And I said, by the way, I, I got the letter right here and I know what it is. I know, have you ever been in a court when they read the family estate When they read the will and testament of what was left, that's what the Bible is. It's a will and testament of what's yours. It's about your inheritance. So when they read it, they say, and and this was left, and they say your name and your family name from this generation to this generation this generation. And we think maybe sometimes in the natural, because it's of faith and it's so far back, I'm not entitled to it. But you know, when you pull out the Word of God, you start reading what belongs to you. You start reading about your new identity in Christ. You start reading about your past history, that all were sinners in Adam, but all that received Jesus Christ became new and got a new nature. And so now God sees you in this this generational blessing that has been passed down because there's been a will and testament that somebody paid a price so that you could walk in the same blessing that Abraham walked in. Say, it's my inheritance. So when we look at this, we see this scripture of what this looks like, Genesis 25, 5, and now this thing's on Abraham. You say, get out of your family, get out. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a blessing. This is part of God's nature. He's increasing him. But then he gets ready to pass this on to Isaac, the next generation. See, God, you have to think this way. God thinks generations. God thinks generationally. God thinks in children's children's children. God thinks in passing something down. God thinks in leaving something. God thinks in your children standing upon your shoulders. God thinks bigger His mindset is, we have the mind of Christ. I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. He doesn't say just think about self. He tells us, he teaches us. And then he says in in 25, he says, verse five, and Abraham gave, all that he had to Isaac. So here's this increase. Not just his physical stuff, but there's something that the Jewish people coveted when you laid their hands on them and you spoke over them, this blessing would come upon your life, which is a very spiritual thing. So he said, but some of the concubines, his different other wives, Abraham gave gifts while he was still living, and he sent them to these country away from Isaac, his son. But he gave most of everything he had to his son Isaac. And there Isaac sowed 26 of Genesis in famine, and the land he received in the same year, a hundred times as much, he planted as he planted, and the Lord favored him. Say, I have favor. The Lord favored him with blessings. And the man became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished. He owned flocks and herds and a great supply of servants, and the Philistines envied him. 28.3. 28.3. May the God Almighty bless you, make you fruitful, multiply you until you become a group of peoples. May He give the blessing that He gave to Abraham to you, and may your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land that God gave Abraham where he was a sojourner. 3043, thus Jacob, now it passes to Jacob. Thus the man increased and became extremely rich in sheep and in goats and maidservants and maidservants and, maidservants, and camels and donkeys. It goes on and on and on. So now this thing that's a blessing, I want you to get this. It's a tangible nature of God that's your measure of rule, your metron, your ability, your anointing, your gifting. This sphere of influence that God's given you and he's saying, I want to increase it. That's what I'm trying to do here. I did it to Abraham. I did it to Isaac. I did it to Jacob. And then 12 sons came forth. And then I did it to this guy, Joseph. And that's where we want to focus because the mindset of a multiplier is all of a sudden, and I'll walk you through this and he can pull up the scriptures as they come, but this favor that was on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is now on Joseph. It's hereditary. It's it's like kingship, it's like kingdom. He's a, she's a duchess, he's a duke, she's a prince. He, she's a princess he's a prince he's the royalty and so here's what god's doing he didn't come just to get you saved so you could go to heaven he came to get you saved filled with the holy ghost and power so you could establish his kingdom on earth you got to start seeing yourself the way god sees you in christ he made you to rule and reign as a king so joseph got this same anointing on him and he has a dream how many know every one of us have a dream And his father said, there's something special about Joe. And so I'm going to put my anointing. I'm going to put my blessing on his life. And as it passes, the father Jacob sees and says, this is the guy. So I'm going to make for him a coat of many colors. I'm going to put this flamboyant looking coat on him that causes him to stand out. How many know when God puts his favor on your life, it causes you to be a standout? Can I have an amen? The world says blend in. Be like everyone else. God says, I got my thumbprint on you. You need to stand out at the dealership. You need to stand out at the sales company. You need to stand out as a carpenter. You're a standout. So God says, I put this favor on you. In the spirit, you look different because you believe that this inheritance of favor was not only on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, but it spreads to you today. So when you get the mindset of a multiplier... You got to do four different things. And just write these down. I believe they're going to help you. When you get the mindset of a multiplier and you understand this inheritance that's on your life. I hope you get that very clearly. You say, I, n- I never never heard that before. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. And, and as my wife said at the beginning, this is abrasive teaching to a lot of people in the Northeast. It's abrasive because we've come up under a recovering Catholic mentality that takes a vial of poverty. And did you know what the number one killer in the world is today? It's poverty. Have you ever been overseas and watched little kids go to sleep and their bellies hurt and they look emaciated because of a famine and they die? The biggest killer on the planet is poverty. The biggest chaotic thing happening right now is sex trafficking. How many know the devil is a liar? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He doesn't want to see people prosper. He doesn't want to see him in health. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So ready? Here's we go. The coat of many colors, the Joseph dude. He was kind of flamboyant. He was walking out. To, I had a dream, bro. I had a dream. Kind of like Pastor Buck. I got a dream. We're building a new church over here. I got a dream. We're building one in the North Hills. I, yeah, hold up. Wait. I got a dream, we're going to do it. And God says, come on, have a multiplier mindset. I put you on the planet to multiply. Your seed will multiply. Your children will multiply. Everything you touch is anointed to grow. Do you see that? Not because I'm special, it's because of what's on me. What's on you? And, And you know what? Some people don't believe that. I don't know about that. But when I look at my measure of rule, my gifting, my anointing, my metron, we always think, well, here, here's what we were taught in Sunday school. Ready? Joseph had the coat of many colors. He was a dreamer, 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 dreamer. What a great dreamer. dreamer! But, but I submit to you today that was secondary to what he was good at. I've never seen this this way until I was praying over Galatians 3. The blessing of Abraham will come upon the Gentiles. Jesus got up on the third day and won't finish with that. Well, the blessing of Abraham will come upon the Gentiles through Christ. And we're always told it's redeemed from poverty, redeemed from sickness, redeemed from death. But if you really read Galatians three, it brings up Abraham and it brings up the law, and it says, "You foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? You began in the in the in the spirit, are you now made perfect in your own ability?" The whole Galatians three is then he goes into Abraham, believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And the Lord said to me, "The blessing of Abraham starts when you know who you are in Christ." Abraham believed God, and he changed his identity. He knew who he was in Christ. And then God said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, make you a blessing. Get out. And he believed it. I'm going to give you a promise. He believed it. I'm going to bless you. He believed it. I'm going to give you land. He believed it. I'm going to give you nations. And Abraham, the Bible calls him our father in the faith. But that whole, whole Galatians 3, when we talk about the blessing of Abraham, it's so that you become righteous like Abraham and you get the Holy Spirit poured out on your life that's what he had we'll see this in the scriptures today so you say well what happened changing your mindset and becoming conscious of what you carry the anointing the gifting the metron the grace the favor that's on your life we had the the favor on him yes yes pastor but i submit to you here's who joseph was He went to some God kind of university and he had a master's doctorate degree in organizational development, business management, and leadership. Those three things were Joseph's metron. What's on your life? Because an anointing, not just to have a dream and hear a word from God, but to take dominion with your metron and use it wherever you are. And the key to life as a Christian is when you get setbacks, know that they're set ups. When you get problems and issues, count it all joy. The trying of our faith, work at patience, James 1 says. So we're not going to go through life on an easy bed of roses. We're going to be challenged. We're going to be pressured. We're going to have problems to solve. We're going to have issues. But how many know we're big problem solvers? Because we know who we are in Christ and we got the power of the Holy Ghost. The blessing of Abraham's on our lives to be able to perceive the promise of God and speak it into existence and watch it come to pass. So when I see this, I go, here, here he is, man. I'm I'm all that. I'm gonna have a dream. All you guys, your family's gonna bow down to me. Dad, I had a dream from God. This is what God's gonna do with my life. Shut up, man. We hate you. God gives you a dream and people around here, negative relatives, that's why I say get out of your They'll talk you out of it. That's never going to happen, Suzette. That's never going to happen, Aaron. God can't use you for that, Joey. That's not going to work out. Negative family, get away from them. He said, I put favor on you. It's all going to work out because of my favor. See, I, I wish that this was mine, but some, some people say I'm just borrowing it. No, you have the code of favor all over your life. You have an inheritance all over your life. And so he goes, he goes man, God's going to do some great stuff, and they didn't want to hear it. So one day they went to, to feed the sheep, and it, he went to see his brothers, and they said, here comes the dreamer. Let's take him and kill him and see what happens to his dream. Ready? This is what the enemy does. Let's strip the coat of favor off his life, and let's throw him in a pit. So the first one that I want to mention today is the pit mentality. The pit mentality see when you really know who jesus is when you really know the favor of god on your life you will get thrown in a pit they will try to the devil will do whatever through your job through your family through people that don't like you he will try to stop you and he'll try to strip that coat of favor all your life off your life and he'll throw you in a pit so here what what's the mentality of the pit pittsburgh who who designed this city to start with a pit? Karen, Pittsburgh, Pen- Pennsylvania. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So it came to pass, Genesis 37, when Joseph came unto his brethren and they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and they cast him into a pit. The pit was empty for it had no water in it. And And, and can I tell you, This pit mentality is that you're stuck, that you can't get out. Then your family betrayed you. Or you became a Christian and they betrayed you. How about that? My family, going to Tulsa in the 70s with four children. And they said, you're missing God. Our our family said they're born again. They're crazy. They're Jesus freaks, just like that movie that came out. That was us. Every Bible study every night, weird people coming around every night. People at the house every night. Jesus people playing the guitar at my house going, one way, dude. No, I'm serious. My mom playing three chords on the guitar, making us sing songs every night. It's true. But, you know, people said, you know, don't don't take that literally. Literally. Because there's a, there's a pit mentality. And the Lord told my father, get away from your family, get away from your house, go to the place I will show you and I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. So this identity of taking the favor of God off your life and taking, trying to remove your identity of righteousness, your code of righteousness, trying to get you to feel like God's favor's not on my life, to keep you stuck in a pit because your family, your friends or people lied or betrayed you. And you say, what happens? Most people would go into... failure mode. You don't know how bad it is. I'm stuck in this pit, pastor, this financial pit, this marriage pit, this family situation, this business situation. I'm just stuck. I'm just so mad. I'm just so upset. I can't believe it worked out this way. That person stays in the pit because that's the wrong mentality. But Joseph, how many know when you're in the pit, you either get bit by an adder or you'll use people as an adder or a ladder. Uh, 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 Right people and right relationships will cause you to climb out of that pit. Wrong relationships will keep you stuck in the pit. Wrong words will keep you in that pit. Right words will lift you to the favor of God. Right words will keep you increasing no matter if it looks like you're stuck. So I go, well, wait a minute. This guy had a mindset, and you know how many people need Dr. Phil's counseling because I was betrayed by my family. I need some pills. I need some quaaludes. I need some, I, I, need, I need a psychiatrist. You don't know how that hurt me. My brother stood there. Then they sold me for 20 pieces of silver. They, they, they didn't kill me, thank God. But here I am stuck in this pit. And then one brother says, hey, don't kill him. Let's, set. how you hear your brother's talking about ready to kill you? How many know that? That can do some damage to your emotional state. Then they say forget killing him. Here's some Egyptians. Let's sell him. They put him on this cart. He's on his way down to Egypt. What if he was a manic depressant? What if he was stuck and couldn't get to the Walgreens and get his medication? What if he was always struggling about I got out of the pit. I can't find my coat of favor. And I just want to quit and stay stuck and give up on the dream. And that's what many people do. But you know what he said? He got on the cart said Romans 8 says I love this. How many love God? Ready? And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Wait a minute. To them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Wait, 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 wait. I know I've been in a pit. I know this mentality looks like nothing's changing. But if God is for me, who can be against me? I know my brothers trying to be against me. I know they don't want to see me succeed. I know my family said this. I know so-and-so said that. I know my ex-husband, my ex-wife. I know that my boss, but if God is for me, who can be against me? God is on my side, and I love him. So guess what? I love that. All things have to work together. So soon something bad happens, you in this pit, I can hear him down there. Hey, all things are going to work for the good to those that love God. They pull the grill off, stick them on a cart, and he said, I wonder what God has next. See, your attitude determines your altitude. You go, come on, I'm going to win. I was designed to win. There's something on my life I can't shake. There's some favor on my life I can't shake. I don't care about the pit. I'm not going to let my mind stay in the pit. I'm not going to let my mind stay in... Seth's going to bounce and do a 360 and what the devil meant for bad when those students came at him in the classroom God said I'm going to put you on the school board I'm going to make you over the principal I'm going to use you I'm going to give you your dream and it's going to come to pass and it's going to be stepping one step at a time but God's going to use you with his favor what's he doing he's trying to expand your metro he's trying to expand your measure of rule he's trying to put you over people he's trying to trust you with more but again, we t- discussed last week, if he can't trust you with a little bit of money, how's he going to expand your metro? If he can't trust you with a little bit of money, how can he give you more influence? If he can't trust you with your marriage, how's he going to give you more people to talk to? Everyone say, I've been delivered from the pit. Number two, he went to the pot. Potiphar's house. This is, this is Potiphar's mentality. So pastor just talked about pot in church. Pot of fur, pot of fur. So now he's on his way. He gets to Pot of Fur's house. And I did the the math. He was 17 when he was betrayed. He was 30 when he came to power. So that's 13 years of, of hardships, 13 years of problems, 13 years of issues, 13 years of going through stuff. That's what your life is. It's a journey. It's a process. And if you win, you know, I told a guy that was an addict the other day, I said, forget about tomorrow, forget about next week, just win today. Just have a win today, right? So you're at Potiphar's house and you say, here's the evidence of the blessing of Abraham on his life. Genesis 39, 2. And the Lord was with Joseph in, in, in Potiphar's house. And although he was a slave, he was a successful, prosperous man. What? And he was in the house of the master of the Egyptian. And the master saw the Lord was with him. And the Lord made all that he did to flourish and succeed that was in his hand. And Joseph pleased Potiphar. And he found favor in his sight. And he served him. And his master made him supervisor over the house. And he put all that he had in his charge. From the time he made him supervisor of his house, all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Come on, say, that's my Metron. Come on, he blessed the whole house for Joseph's sake. And the Lord's blessing was on all that in the house and in the field. Wow. So verse 6 says, and Potiphar left all that he had to Joseph's charge, and he paid no attention to anything except for the food he ate. Joseph was an attractive person. Wow, we're doing good. We're Pot's house. We're Potiphar's house. Everything's going good. The vision's gonna come to pass. I got new hope. I'm using my organizational ability to bring order to chaos. This guy was a genius. I want you to see his metron. See, we always talk about the favor and a coat of many colors, but God's trying to expand his rule. He's saying, do all right. Pass a test at Potiphar's house. And man, things are going so well. So 13 years, I don't know, was it five years, three years? He was a slave that became the ruler of the whole house. He didn't touch his money. Potiphar said, Joe gets it taken care of. Don't worry about it. He got this. But then something happens. Joe's wearing his coat of many colors, maybe, a bright shirt like this. Pharaoh's wife. She's in her miniskirt going to play tennis. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. What's up, Joe? Hey, Joe. What's up? You, baby? Well, wait, wait, wait. And Joseph looks at this woman. And then she tells him all the time, come lie with me. Come to my bedroom chamber. Come, come. Joseph said, how would I do something to my master and to my God? How could I? See, character is important in the kingdom. He said, I'd I'd never do that. Sorry. Sorry. One day she got so tired of it, she grabbed his coat and, and he said, nope, not today. Hold up. And he ran out. She grabbed his coat. She called the, 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 the security and the police and, and told her husband, he tried to rape me. Now he's in prison. Potiphar's in prison. Now that would be a good time to go smoke some pot. Right? How'd this happen to me? I was betrayed once. Now I'm lied about. God, where are you? This is what we do. Down at Potiphar's house, things were going good. I thought it was going well. What is the deal, God? And we get all upset and we get with other prisoners and we go, hey, dude, you got a little bag of weed? Because I'm really depressed. I need to lose my mind for a little bit. I need some, I need some CBD gummies. Do you have any? With THC, preferably. Because I I want out of this. I I don't want to think about this. I, I was doing so well. God was doing some stuff. But now I'm with prisoners. See, attitude determines altitude. And see, here's the deal with you. When the blessing of God's on your life and the favor's on your life, Joseph had beach ball mentality. The harder you pushed him down, the faster he came back up. See, that's the way this is because there's something on your life today. There's some blessing that was on Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and now it's transferred to you through Christ. So wait a minute. There's a tangible breakthrough upon our lives that no matter what people say. Wow. What David say. People lying about you all the time. People wake up and eat roast pastor for breakfast and lunch. But when you know God's favor's on your life, you go, well, wait a minute. Many are those that rise up against me. Many are say of the Lord, there's no help for you in God. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. No matter what anyone says, it it, it, it means that God has the last word. God gets the last say because if God's for you, who can be against you? So we get out of the potter for mentality that says, I need some pot because things didn't go well and somebody lied about me and another one but, but you know what things don't if you're a victim here you always see things happening to you but things don't happen to you things happen for you i want you to hear that things aren't happening to you that's victim mentality things happen for you this is not a no matter what comes my way it's not a setback joseph said this is a setup." God's getting ready to do something good. The dream is true. The word of God comes to pass no matter what. So you don't get pit mentality. You don't get potter for mentality. But then a lot of people get prisoner mentality. You ever work with prisoners? Now I'm in prison. Prisoners, man, they don't want to do nothing. They want to sit around. They want to lift weights. I cut my teeth preaching in prisons as a young man about 15 years old. And man, they, they, they want to lift weights. They want to go get the three square a day. Prisoner mentality is really bad. I've worked with a lot of them. In fact, most of them, the reintegration in society is so bad that 90 some percent of prisoners get out and go right back. I was working with some guys in Oklahoma City with a friend of ours, and I, I, he told me this story. He said, Yeah, this one guy's so integrated into the prison, prisoner population. He's been in there for 10 years now. He just likes the way he gets to work out, gets to eat. He's stuck, but, you know, he gets a little money on his books. People send him some cigarettes. He gets this. He gets that. It's kind of like a prison. But he got out. He broke out for three or He got out. When he got out, they, they let him go. He had nowhere to go, no family around. He went right down to the liquor store. He got a ball bat. He smashed a window, grabbed a bottle of whiskey, He opened it and started drinking. They said, why'd you do that? He said, I need to go back to prison. I'm more familiar with that. I can't make it out here. Cops came and picked him up. He said, can I finish my drink? They cuffed him and took him back to what he was used to. How many know the devil loves you stuck in a pit? How many know he wants you to stay at Potiphar's house? But God says this is a learning experience. So I'm going to take you through a prison now. This is the worst of your life. Now you're in a prison, but what happens? Here's Attitude. Here's your attitude of faith. Here's when you know there's a blessing on your life. That God didn't put me here by accident. God put me here on purpose. This is not a setback. This is a setup. God didn't do this to me. He did it for me. The Steps of a good man are ordered of a Lord. Listen to prison mentality that some people could have had. Now I need some pharmaceuticals. Because now I'm stuck behind bars. But Genesis 39 said, And Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. And the place, the state of the prisoners were confined. So he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph, and he showed him mercy and loving kindness and gave him favor in the sight of the warden of the prison. Come on, someone say favor. Now he's expanding his metro into the prison. The warden of the prison committed to Joseph's care. All the prisoners who were in prison. And whatsoever he did there. And he was in charge of it. And the prison warden paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge. For the Lord was with him. And made whatever he did to prosper. Is somebody seeing the blessing of Abraham on Joseph's lives? Made whatever he did to prosper favor is on your life to put things in order to bring management to bring leadership to bring order to chaos people work at jobs every day and that's a prison people depend on unions every day it becomes a prison people live for their 401k and how much money they make that's a prison people are stuck believing that my boss is my source you're in a prison no no the union's not your lord Jesus is your Lord. Jesus is your provider. Jesus is the one that wants to make you a symbol and a source of blessing. He's the one that's trying to bless you and your children and your children's children. He has a plan of whatever's on you is going to get on them. That's why it's important that you raise them up in the ways of the Lord. So now we look at this crazy place where people get stuck. Pastors stay stuck. People stay stuck for years in a prison because they have prisoner mentality. No, that won't work for us because this is who we are. No, I was raised in this part of town, or my skin was this color. We make excuses. When you hear Pastor Keenan Bridges preach, you're going to say, man, that dude's anointed. God doesn't look at skin color. God looks at lives and metrons and anointings and, and, and how can I push my servants that do my will forward. But this is what's interesting. So Joseph's now 30 years old. He stayed out of pit mentality. He stayed out of potter for mentality. He stayed out of prisoner mentality. How do you do that? You Keep it positive. You keep quoting the word every day. And you keep, what do you do in Proverbs? I guard my heart with all diligence. Most people would be in prison going, look what God did. I can't believe it. My relatives, my brothers ratted me out. Potiphar's wife, she's a dog. That woman, she, she lied about me. And this is where people stay in the pit. And the pit brings them to Potiphar, but they end up in the prison and they end up smoking pot. And they need a psychiatrist and they need Dr. Phil. They need someone in the world to figure out all their mess in their marriage with their kids. Because they don't realize that there's a blessing of Abraham that's on your life today. And you know what? It's not I'm in charge, it's he's in charge. It's not I'm in control, it's the Holy Spirit's in control. And he's gonna work everything out for the good. So if I be patient and my faith grows during the test, I get rid of poverty mentality, loser mentality. And here's what God does is... We enjoy this journey that stuff is formed against us, but no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And then we get to this place, and this is where I close today, palace mentality. Pit mentality stinks. Potiphar mentality stinks. Prison mentality stinks. But God said, I designed you to walk through all these things so that I could bring you into the palace. See, if you praise them in the pit, you'll make it to the palace. If you praise him in the prison. See, there's a key. That if you just keep praising, count it all joy. Think on these things that are good and holy and pure. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the birth. He said he said things that are pure and holy. Think on these things that are praiseworthy, that are of good report. Think on and keep your mind fixed on these things. See, this is a mental battle. Get your mind out of the pit. Get your mind out of the prison. Come to the place of the palace where Paul told us in Romans 5 that you were made to rule and reign as kings. So Joseph went through all this stuff 13 years, 30 years old. He gets to this place. You know the story. At first, he's forgotten in prison. The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. One had a dream. Joseph interpreted, it. He said, You're gonna be restored. You're gonna your head's coming off i remember you when I get out, forgotten in prison. How many know this is the way life is? It's the way pastoring is. Betrayed, lied about, forgotten. God, where are you? I was here believing for this building. Where are you? God, I thought you were going to provide. I thought you were going to. And see, it's very easy to slip back into the pit. It's very easy to go back to Potiphar. It's very easy to go back into the prisoner mindset mentality. But God said, you know what? I'm going to call you into the kingdom for such a time as this. And so Genesis 41 says, Pharaoh asked the officials, you know the story, hopefully, about Joseph. But I've never seen it quite this way before. Thirteen years. Thirty years old. He comes. That's only 13 years. He comes before Pharaoh. He interprets the dream in the prison. He said, there's going to be seven years of abundance. There's going to be seven years of lack. And he's telling this to Pharaoh. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what we do. And he says, I haven't seen anybody with the spirit of God. This is a blessing of Abraham. I haven't seen anybody at Bechtel that that works like you. I see the spirit of God on your life at that engineering firm. I I was talking to a guy that works at the Homestead One, Ed, from the new campus. He said, from Puerto Rico, and I'm doing this. He said, but I feel God's blessing here stretching me in Pittsburgh. And I was like, Man, you're called to take your Metron and expand it into your world. and Show people who Jesus is. And so when he gets before him, he goes, there's nobody else around that has the wisdom that you have. They did that to Josh at his company the other day. They have nobody around like that has the kind of wisdom. They said, who should we put in charge of everything else? He said, you're the man. Wait, wait, wait. How do you like me now, boys? Wait, 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 wait. My favor is starting to come back where I can see it now. Pharaoh likes me. He liked that I dreamed. He liked that God's spirit's on my life. He liked that I know who I am. He liked that I'm a man of character. He liked that God sees all these things because he makes everything beautiful in his time. And so here he is standing before Pharaoh, and he says, here's the deal. You can read the Scripture. He says, I'm going to make you in charge. Second, in this, at this time, I've been all over Egypt, and I've seen where Joseph was, and I'm walking with my interpreter. He said, this is Giza. This is where the pyramids are. This is where Joseph's family lived. I'm like, huh? He's like, right here, Joseph. I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm, I'm like, well, wait a minute. So now he's the second known ruler in the whole world from the prison to the pit to the palace and he's standing there with the anointing of God and the blessing of Abraham and he has the answer to the problem. Do you know the world is waiting for the children of God to manifest? He has an answer to the problem. The famine's coming let's store up and it says he organized, he orchestrated, he managed people and the corn he stored up was as the sand of the sea. He had abundance everywhere. I want you to ride in the second chariot He said, in this scripture, nobody will decide anything without your wisdom. Come on, somebody. He's trying to expand your metron. He's trying to make your metron be your, your, you're the one that takes the men in your world, in your building construction, in your water heater company, in your car dealership, in your architectural firm. He's trying to, he's trying to get you to expand at Bear, over there at Bear. He needs some engineers like you at Bear where he can expand their metron. This guy, hey Stu, what's going on? We need to make some decisions. What do you think? That's what the blessing of Abraham is. You're over there, BY Melon. That's what the blessing of Abraham is. They're coming to you. They're coming to you to ask questions because you got this thing on you. You got this anointing on you. Where can I find anybody else like this? And I love this because here, he's 30 years old. He gives him Potiphar, this young lady to marry. And he has his kids. And he says, the first kid I want to name my child. How many know you name your children when you're at a church, scriptural names, amen? Abraham, Esther. Just hang around, you'll get it. Manasseh. That baby comes out. What are we going to name Manasseh? Manasseh. You know what his name means? The Lord has made me to forget. Isn't it great that God will make you to forget all your labor, all your suffering, all your betrayals, all the lies. God has made me to forget. They said when I was a young kid that that kid got in a fight with him and Pastor Buck bought him lunch anyway. How many know we just have to have this water off a duck's back forgiveness that I don't care. We're moving forward in the kingdom. I don't care what he said. I don't care that he betrayed. I don't care that he left. I don't care that he said that. How many know God is for us? How many know we're fulfilling God's purpose? We're looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. How many know, consider him who endured such crazy chaos, lest we be weary and faint in our minds? It's where the devil's trying to steal. First child is Manasseh. The Lord made me forget. Next child, Ephraim. The Lord has blessed me in the land of my affliction, what what whatever you've gone through it's for the good it's for the good everything i'm telling you i live long enough now to know everything if you'll stay in the will of god if you'll keep your heart right if you'll guard your heart with all diligence out of it flows the issues of life i'm telling you friday's coming payday's coming victory's coming don't be a victim be a victor You know, to this day, when the Jews pray over people, they said this way on the, uh, uh, the, the night before the Sabbath, they say, I've heard them. I've been in Squirrel Hill with them eating dinner. And they put their hands on their sons and their daughters and say, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. They switched it, by the way, because that's what God did. Whenever the father was dying, he said, no, no, Ephraim will be first, not Manasseh. May God make you like Ephraim. And Manasseh, that's a whole bunch of stuff. May God make you just like them. May the blessing that's on Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Ephraim, Manasseh, now it's generational. It's on you. And today as we close, I thought about this context. The context of all this stuff that took place. And now you know the story. The brothers came down. God restores them all. The dream comes to pass. The brothers are kneeling before their brother, but he hides himself and he's crying. He's not arrogant and proud. He's like, wow, look what God did with what could have been a mess. But now he used me to save the known world. And I love this because daddy dies, and Jacob says, carry me back up to where my wife was. Joseph says, leave my bones in Egypt. And his brothers say after daddy dies they wrap him up and they come back after the funeral and they mourn many days and they said Joseph might kill us all now since dad's dead and Joseph makes a statement what a beautiful statement it is he says right here in Genesis 50 Joseph replied don't be afraid am I God don't you see you planned evil against me But God used the same plans for my good. You see all around you right now, life for many people. New Living says, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the life. He brought you into that school. He brought you into that NICU. He brought you into Kiski. He brought you to have 26 kids. <laughs> he, 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 he. Look, look, look. Today we close. Today we close. Ready? Listen, listen. Someone may have planted from evil. But God, it for my good. You say, what's going to end up as, Pastor? we're all finished at Grace Life, it's going to be the salvation of many. So what, what's your whole life about? Well, I'm a, I'm a I'm a CEO, I'm a board member, I'm a this, I'm a that. It's about God putting you in a position to bring many to salvation. And that's all it will ever be about. My increase, my metron, my favor, the outflow of anything in my life That all belongs to God is used for one thing, to expand the kingdom of God. The blessing of Abraham is on your life. I wish I could have Josh just tag me right now and go. Because we possess these qualities. You say, Pastor, why why, why do you talk like this? Because I stood there many times holding babies that have died in people's arms. I've watched these kids overseas die with no food or sustenance. I hate poverty. I've watched at least 70 to 80 people sit in funeral homes as little kids, as a kid that was on heroin that was not expected to die but did. And people, when the funeral director says, How will you be paying for this funeral? they looked at me i said we got to figure out how to help that the devil deceives people so much that he takes them sometimes to hell and they live like hell on earth when god says i made you to be a symbol and a source of increase of blessing of healing of breakthrough of righteousness of peace of joy my last scripture. I'll read to you Galatians 3.13. Christ paid the full price for us to free us from the curse of the law. He absorbed the curse completely to him as he became the curse in our place. For it is written, everyone who hangs on the tree is cursed. Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives so that, look at this as we close it. I want you to hear this. This is what Paul writes, so that in him all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out on the Gentiles too. And now through faith, we receive the promised Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know what this tells me? This is the greatest news on the planet. It's so good news because the blessing of Abraham was a lot of things. Today you see it maybe as abundance, as more than enough, however you see that. But you know what it really was? The blessing that's on my life in this coat of many colors is I identify, when I put this robe of righteousness on, I identify as a son of the most high God, that his favor is on my life. And the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of God's favor. Today is the day of anointing. Today is the day of expansion. Today is the day of breakthrough. Today is the day of God's favor on your life. Do you believe it? Come on, do you believe this? Jesus got up on the third day so that this blessing. Some people just stay at the cross. We're at the cross. The cross, the devil loves, I told you last week, to see the place of defeat where he's just still hanging. Jesus isn't in a place of death. He's in a place of life. He's in a place of rulership. And you're in a place of rulership with him, seated with him in heavenly places. But I've never seen this before in my whole life. The Lord said, the blessing of Abraham, according to Galatians three: thirteen, the context is all about righteousness, being made right. What a glorious victory. What's that mean? Second Corinthians, that God took the sinless Christ in him he poured all our sins into him, and in exchange, he gave us his righteousness. So today, Those who are made right look just like Jesus. And he not only made you right, but he said, I'm going to give you an anointing of the promise of the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide you and lead you out of the pit, out of Potiphar's house, out of the prison. He's going to take you to the palace so that you can have palace mentality to rule and reign as kings because the inheritance of the blessing of Abraham is on my life and it's on your life. Would you buy your